podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, 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 pleasure seekers. How are you all doing today? I'm so good. I am excited about today's episode. We are going to talk about fantasies, sexual fantasies. You know, clients come to me all the time and talk to me about their fantasies, but when they talk to me about it, they're like so nervous (laughs) to talk about their fantasies. They're like, I really want to talk to you about something. It's been on my mind and it feels like heavy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is it, right? Like what happened? Tell me everything. And then they go on to tell me a fantasy. Now, of course, I'm not undermining any experience. I'm holding so much love and so much space, but I get it, right? We can get so worried about the type of things that are going on in our mind and we have so much judgment about them. And really, you know, it's come from this deep-seated fear that something in our fantasy or when we say it out loud, number one, there's going to be judgment, you know, from whomever you're sharing your fantasy about, about what's going on, but they feel very personal. They feel very raw. They feel very vulnerable. And we get so nervous about what they might say about us, right? Like what what somebody might think about us or this must be my deepest, darkest secret because I'm having this fantasy about it and, you know, it might reveal something to me. So I totally get it, right? And I think that, you know, for us to like move forward and really talk about fantasy, we also have to just understand the imagination. You know, we have to understand the brain and what's going on because so many things we've been told, whether it's about dreams or imaginations or fantasies, but really when it comes to fantasies, there is a lot of judgment. We have vilified fantasies. It means that we have a dirty mind or we have to keep our thoughts pure and how dare we think about this you must be a pervert or, you know, what's wrong with you? And, you know, we must be entertaining the devil or something like this if we have these thoughts and we have these sexual fantasies. And when we think about what a fantasy is, it is just an act of the imagination and it's coupled with eroticism and that can spark desire in you. So when we're having a fantasy, when we're using our imagination coupled with an erotic nature to, you know, to the uh, plot line, then usually your body will respond with some kind of awakening, some kind of spark. There's something in there in this desire. And then we feel shameful, like, oh, if I have this fantasy that doesn't seem at all how I am in real life or seems completely counter to who I am as a human or it seems wrong or naughty or off or it isn't about my partner or maybe it's about multiple people or whatever it may be. And then we notice our body getting turned on. We're like, well, what does this mean? Does this mean that I'm actually, you know, attracted to women? Does this mean that I really want to be 
taken advantage of or dominated or bound up? Does it really mean that I want multiple partners? What we do with the fantasy afterwards in our brain can create so much shame. So here it is, our imagination actually working in favor for our desire. We have this fantasy, this thing that is going on in our brain, this mental activity. It creates a physiological response of desire in your body. And then what we do is we have thoughts about it. We have thoughts that this is wrong. We have thoughts that we shouldn't have this type of a fantasy. We judge the type of fantasy. We shouldn't be turned on by these sorts of things. And we feel bad. We feel guilty. We feel shameful. We feel closed off. We feel wrong. We feel dirty. And so I really wanted to take some time to really talk about a different way for you to look at your fantasies and perhaps in a way that can actually help you move forward with them in a purposeful way. I actually have been working on a whole other I don't want to call it a course. It's just like a, a video part of my modules within the Better Sex in 90 Days program about how to use fantasies for your pleasure as a path for pleasure. And it's so fun having this lifetime access for the Better Sex in 90 Days because as I'm working with clients, as things come up, as um, you know, I'm hearing other things that are getting in their way of pleasure, I can just create a new tool. I can just create a new video and a training or a workbook or a practice or whatever whatever it may be, put it in there. And then everybody who is not just a current cohort, but if you've ever signed up for Better Sex in 90 Days, you also get that uh, that new tool. So I'm so excited for my clients to get this one because it's really good. And fantasies can be such a yummy and juicy way for us to get back into our body and to really spark that desire. So let's go ahead and kind of talk about uh, some of the things that I tend to see with my clients that come up. And hopefully it will be able to help you move forward in a way where fantasies might not feel so bad. They might not feel so shameful for you, and they can actually be used for the good of your desire and for the good of your pleasure. So we usually have these type of fantasies that, you know, feel shameful. And the thing that I want to say, again, I just outlined it, but I really want you to think this. Remember, we have things that go on in our life, right? Whether it's your partner doing something or, you know, something like that, that you have a thought about. There's things outside of us. There's things that are happening in our life. And then we have thoughts about those. Our brain has a mental activity. It maybe is judging of it. It's, Uh, measuring it up. It has its thoughts about what's going on. Like your partner should do that or shouldn't be do that, or you really like it or you don't. And then you feel a certain way. And that feeling creates a physiological response in your body, especially when it comes to pleasure that's either going to have you leaning in towards your partner or leaning away. Now, the same thing is going on when we have mental activity. I want you to think of this as like something happening in your life, right? Just this circumstance in your life going on. However, this time your circumstance is actually going on in your brain. The fantasy 
is the circumstance. And there is nothing attached to the fantasy by fact, right? It isn't a good fantasy. It isn't a bad fantasy until your brain begins to assign meaning to it. And once you begin to assign meaning to it, what you're going to notice is it's going to have an impact on your body. Usually, we have the type of fantasies that might not line up with your own self-concept, with who you think you are, right? As a wife, maybe, or as a mother, or as a feminist, or as somebody who is very aligned with her faith. We have this concept of who we are. And that is kind of this dominating narrative, like this is the kind of woman I am. So if you have a fantasy that seems to not coincide with your self-concept, especially if it seems outside of the box, or if your fantasy tends to be you know, not socially acceptable or socially acceptable in your realm or what we think it means about us, if it's not with your partner, if it's with another woman, if you're being dominated or objectified, or even sometimes if there's a bit of roughness or violence to your fantasy and you have a traumatic past. When it doesn't align with your own self-concept and you notice Okay, so you have the fantasy, your body gets rather turned on by it, then your conscious mind comes in and is like, that's wrong. What's wrong with you? You make it mean something and then that creates, those thoughts are going to create a totally different response. And usually a response to those type of thoughts, again, is this closing down of your body. If it's shame, it feels kind of this whole over body feeling. You know, at least for me, that's what shame feels like, like a gut punch. And then my whole body just kind of crumples in. Perhaps you feel some guilt, some tightness in your chest or something like that. We're put off by the fantasy when we start to think about it. (laughs) We're put off by it because of the way that we've been socialized about sex. Like, ooh, that's, that's off limits. That's outside of the box. That's too dirty. What's wrong with me? I shouldn't be thinking like that. And then we have that judgment and that shuts us down. Sometimes we feel really put off because our fantasy might seem very idealistic. It plays too much in what we've been socialized to learn. And this comes up a lot with the clients that I'm working with because they've been listening to the podcast, they've been learning from me. They know and you know in their heart of hearts like, oh, they've been socialized to be an object of pleasure. They've been socialized to seek out becoming desirable and wanted rather than pleasure being their own. And then they have this fantasy that kind of plays this out. The fantasy that plays out them being objectified, them being the object of pleasure and them not really having their own pleasure be focused on, and they get really judgmental of it, right? This must just be that patriarchal pleasure again. This is wrong. I really have to untangle this in my mind. But the one thing we know 
about working with pleasure in our body is going to the place of, I'm doing it wrong. I shouldn't have these kind of thoughts. This is dirty. What's wrong with me? I should be able to fix this. All of that never leads to pleasure. Whether or not you like the fantasy or deem it to be a worthy one or within your realm of what's inside the box, right? Judging yourself so hard about it is never going to help you. Whether or not you want to keep it, like let's even table the fact that you want to keep this fantasy or not, but beating yourself up and asking yourself like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? What does this mean about me as a woman? What does this mean about my partnership? You know, none of that is ever going to help you. It's just like we talked a little bit about on last episode, right? Creating this battleground in your body of, you know, judging yourself and beating yourself up. You're literally beating yourself up for having an active imagination who's drawn from multiple different things that you have learned or have been taught or been socialized or even things that maybe you want and has put it into the story in your brain and your like, what's wrong with me? It's like waking up from a dream where there's something so fantastical happening in it, like flying, or uh, my daughter has dreams about fairies all the time and meeting all these fairies or fighting fairies and then be like, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, I should not have this kind of a dream. This is totally not acceptable. It's just your imagination. But the problem is, is when it comes to sex, and especially when we, you know, whether it is, it could sometimes be a dream and you wake up and you're kind of turned on and it was with somebody that you're not sleeping next to, right? It's not your husband. It's not your partner. It's somebody else. We've been to Begin to question it. We get afraid of what it means about our inner desires and our sexual preferences and everything else. If you fantasize about another partner, then you start to worry that deep down, maybe you're just not really attracted to your partner anymore. Maybe you do want to have an affair. Maybe this means that you're doomed. If we fantasize about someone of our same sex, we worry that maybe that means that we're not meant to be in a heterosexual relationship. If we start to fantasize about being dominated or being a dominator, you know, taking that role and being in control, but that's not really how I am. That's not really what I like. Does this mean that I I want to go into more of kink play? We start making it mean all those things and we begin to jump to conclusions. And usually the conclusions that we jump to are already so laden with judgment and shame that we can't even begin to process our fantasy with any sort of curiosity because we have so much worry about what it means about us. We also, if we find out that our partner goes both ways, right? If our partner, we find out our partner has this fantasy or maybe your partner has shared something with you that they're attracted to, and you start comparing that fantasy to you. Well, if 
he likes those type of women, I can never, I can never measure up. Or maybe you think that it's kind of yucky. Like, do you really want to do that to me? And you start judging your partner. So we have to just start by dropping the judgment. (laughs) I know that is not easy, but allowing yourself to start to approach your fantasy like a neutral circumstance. It's simply an activity of the mind. It's just some thoughts coming in. It's your imagination being active. And when we come into it like from a place like this, like, oh, okay, I can see what's going on here. I'm just having some mental activity. My imagination is being really curious, or (laughs) my imagination is being really active. Then you get to be curious. Then you get to be curious to maybe why it is showing up. And we can start to use our fantasy as a portal to your pleasure rather than it being just this naughty thing that seeped in judgment. Really, I love to get curious with my clients about what the fantasy might be showing you and not just from the surface level. We don't want to just look at this surface, you know, playing out of like the act of what's going on. Like, oh, I'm just must be that type of person. I just must be the kind of person that wants to be objectified or something like that. But we get to go a little bit deeper. So let's think about a couple of the fantasies. I wanted to talk about a couple of the fantasies I hear that come up a lot that women, you know, my clients, of course, there is a whole range of them. So if you do not hear, I'm only using two examples for this episode, but if you don't hear your fantasy listed, it doesn't mean that it's not normal and that other people don't have the same kind of fantasy. These are just two that I hear often and I wanted to address them so you could start to see and apply it to your own with this non-judgmental level of curiosity as you dive deeper into your own imagination. So the two that I hear a lot come up is being dominated and being with another woman. So when I talk to other women, sometimes they can have this fear that they find themselves often fantasizing about being with other women. And they worry like, what does this actually mean? Does it mean that I'm not attracted to men as much? It can be, of course, bring up some fear. And this is, again, first let me clarify here, what I'm talking about fantasizing about being other women, this is when I am coaching a heterosexual client who is usually in a long-term monogamous relationship in a heteronormative way, right? So this would be different, perhaps if you're in a same-sex couple you know, partnership, then you might be fantasizing about the opposite sex and wondering what that means. Okay. So it can go both ways. Again, I want you to just look at these in examples and allow you to start dropping the judgment for yourself, but use what I'm going to be sharing with you to help you dive deeper with your own curiosity. Okay. So, okay. So there's the women, my clients that I'm working with, and they're in heterosexual relationships, and then they find themselves fantasizing about other women. And they start to mean like, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong type of relationship. Maybe I should be, you know, with another woman. Maybe that's, I, I, I never knew. Maybe I never let that loose. And that could 
That could be true. That might be a part of it. But first, even before you start going there, because it brings up a lot of fear, right? It can bring up a lot of fear of what it means, especially if you are married and you love your partner and you want to be with them, or if you have children and whatever, then that fear of what this might mean starts to disrupt really what your reality is right now. So again, could this be true? Maybe, but let's just drop the judgment. Let's go into this place of curiosity and ask what makes it so attractive, this fantasy to you. What are some of the feelings that I I ask them? Like, what are some of the feelings that come up when you have this desire? And as we begin to explore just from this place of curiosity, The first thing that I always hear is just how safe it feels, how comfortable and tender and attentive. They think about, you know, their own body just being adored and appreciated and also them being in this place of adoring and appreciating the person that they're with. When there isn't shame associated with the fantasy, it can just feel really yummy. Like this tenderness, this connectedness, this slowness, this attention, just a true appreciation for the female form and not something to please. Like there's not this body that I have to make sure that I'm being really desirable for, but they feel when they really dive into this fantasy that their pleasure really matters. They don't feel this fear of being objectified at all. They just feel very tuned into that their desires are known, that they are taken care of, that they're in this nurturing, very safe and loving environment. So then when you're thinking about it in terms of what you want, you can start to see how these are some things that, oh, maybe it's not so much that you're wanting to be with a woman, but I want to feel more safe and connected. Perhaps it's showing that you want things to be a little bit more slowed down, that you really are craving that attention to detail, that feeling that your pleasure truly matters and that you're not just an object of pleasure, but your entire form is appreciated. It can start to reveal for you that maybe you want to appreciate your own womanly form without the shame, without the feeling like you're this is going to come out wrong, but like a piece of meat, right? Like you're not something to be conquered. You're just this beautiful figure to be adored. And it can show you that that's perhaps something that you are wanting more of. So then when I'm coaching my clients, it's really helping them navigate, okay, as we just drop the shame, as we drop the judgment, and we go deeper into how this fantasy is making you feel in the imagination, how this fantasy is making you feel, then then what you can do is you can start to see that this is a pathway to your pleasure. And of course, because we don't always want to depend on our partner to give these things to us, right? Perhaps it's that appreciation, but it can show you that 
feeling state of being appreciated that you're wanting more of. And we then navigate exactly how we can create that for you, how we can create that more in your sexual relationship for yourself and also with your partner. Then another type of fantasy that I hear a lot about is this being dominated, right? This just being taken care of, whether it's like a, you know, a figure from historical times, like a Viking or (laughs) a cowboy or I don't know, something like this, or it's just a person that you would beat at a bar, whatever it may be, but just kind of like being handled. I hear this a lot from women. I'm just like being handled. I'm being told what to do. You know, maybe there is some spanking or something else involved or something like this. And there can be so much worry and judgment, especially if you're having a fantasy like this and you are a strong woman, you have a self-concept of being progressive and feminist, you don't fall into this typically submissive sort of role that you're like, I don't want to be like this 50s housewives or these other women that I've seen in pornography or anything like that. Like That feels so yucky to me for whatever reason. Again, of course, the first step is helping them just see that this is a mental activity and the part of your brain responsible for imagination. And we can just see it as that. We can drop the judgment, not make it mean anything. And then just instead, what's going on here? How do you feel in this fantasy? And a lot of times what I hear that comes up, like it's just nice to not have to make any decisions. Oftentimes what I hear, especially with women who tend to be very powerful, right? You might be the rule of your house. You might consider yourself kind of the type A woman or the alpha woman in your household or in your relationship. I work with a lot of other coaches and entrepreneurs and leaders, right? So they're in this leadership role a lot. And so not only are they making a lot of decisions for their home, but they're making decisions in their business or as CEOs or leaders in their company as well. Everyone is coming to them with questions all the time. Where's the peanut butter? Where's the knife? Where's my shoes? What do you want me to do with this collaboration? How should I handle letting go of this employee? What's my next step? Where should I invest? Where should my finances go? How should I manage my mind, right? There's constantly decisions to be made and people constantly coming to them with questions. So when we start to understand our own self-concept in contrast to our fantasy and why it's such a turn-on, you could see that just not having to make any decisions and being told what to do could be really sexy. It doesn't have to mean that you love being objectified, right? It can also just mean like, oh, I just want to feel that relief of I don't even have to think, but also there's this underlying thing of they know exactly what I want. We have to remember a lot of times in these dominating type of roles or these roles where you're being told what to do, when I'm coaching clients, you know, there's this worry of like, you know, the violence or um, if it does become a little bit rough in their fantasies or anything like that, what that might mean. And oftentimes, you know, this isn't always, so it's good again to get curious, but usually when they take a look at it, they realize that they're never actually being hurt 
right? That's a that's a huge distinguisher in here. When we're having fantasies of being dominated, there still is control. You're not actually being harmed. You are not actually being hurt. There is nothing that is going beyond what is okay with you. There is a consensual nature to this, and it's always about your pleasure. If it wasn't about your pleasure and if you weren't getting turned on, this wouldn't be a fantasy. It would be a nightmare. So it's really good to help yourself distinguish that these these are very two very different things. When we're having something that is any kind of violent or roughness and you are being hurt or harmed and you don't like it, that's not a fantasy. That's a nightmare, right? When it is a fantasy, it results in you liking it. There is pleasure involved and there's pleasure involved in, you know, maybe not making decisions, but also remembering that you kind of writing out this narrative, you being in charge of the story, you letting your imagination fall to these certain things, you really are the one in charge. You're the creating the character and you're being the person, right? So it's good just to step back and be like, oh yeah, I'm in charge of both of these things. And it is simply just a path to my pleasure. And it's so nice having somebody in this fantasy know exactly what I want. This type of fantasy also sometimes reveals for women that they love the fact that they feel lustful in it that perhaps in their real life, they're not feeling that visceral feeling of that sexiness or like, ooh, I love it or like take care of me and, you know, give it to me more sort of feeling. But there's this, you know, insatiable kind of lust for being touched and being with this other person in your fantasy. So it's like, oh, that's what I'm desiring. I'm desiring someone that knows how to totally take care of me <laughs> or I feel that feeling, right? It doesn't have to be a person, but like I want that feeling of being taken care of, that my pleasure matters, that I have this lustfulness and desire for sex to begin with, and that I'm just being taken care of and handled, right? So those are just some of the things that I have heard before that are coming up when we really start to, again, drop that feeling and drop that judgment in this type of a fantasy. So when we begin to release ourselves from shame, like it's like, huh, what's actually going on here? How would this kind of fantasy, or when I think of this fantasy, other than feeling turned on, like what is that feeling that I am experiencing in this. Perhaps it's safety. Perhaps it's being taken care of. Perhaps it's more desire or like a lustfulness and like a passion or a rawness. We don't have to be ashamed. We can just go to those feeling states and those can begin to be pathways to your pleasure. Remember, we really simply need to ask ourselves at the end of the day, <laughs> what's going on? And remind ourselves that fantasies themselves are neutral. They're literally just neurons firing together to create a story. It's just your imagination at work. And then your conscious mind assigns meaning. And if you're going to assign meaning, then please start from a compassionate and non-judgmental space. Start with being curious. If you really don't like your fantasies, then of course you can change them. But 
if they are working for you and for your desire and they help you find more pleasure, that's okay too. There's no right or wrong, right? We don't want to yuck <laughs> our own yum. Instead, we can just be curious about why this is turned on for us and go to that deeper level of the type of feelings we're experiencing in these fantasies. For me personally, I enjoy having private fantasies. They're like these little, you know, secret imaginative stories in my mind that turn my body on. My personal choice is I don't want to rely on fantasies all of the time. I don't want to use them all of the time to be able to find that turned on state in my body or that desire in my body but I still like to use them sometimes. It's just my same view when it comes to vibrators. Do I like them? Do they help turn my body on? For sure. They can be really fun. Same with fantasies. These two things, I just don't want to use them all of the time. But if you do, that's not a problem. It's just understanding your reasons behind it. This is just my preference. Some couples really like to share their fantasies with one another. They find it really fun to turn one another on. That might might be another way to look at your fantasies is something that you want to share or explore or, you know, play out with a little bit of dirty talk between you and your partner. But you can't be curious and you can't learn to use this part of your imagination, your sexual fantasies to your advantage from a shameful place. Because when we're shaming ourselves or feeling guilty or feeling really, you know, shut down by it, again, the impact of that on your brain is everything that it's we're going for, which is this openness, this loving space, this curiosity, this connection in our body gets squashed the minute that you do not create a safe space for yourself to just explore deeper into your, into your brain and into your fantasies. Once you do that, then you just get to decide what you want to do with them. You get to decide how you want to proceed forward, but from this place of there's nothing wrong, that I have some mental activity going on in my brain, let's just dig a little deeper. Okay, you pleasure seekers, as always, it's been my absolute pleasure to be with you here this week and share this episode all about sexual fantasies and how you might start to look at them differently so you can proceed and actually help them be a purposeful and a pleasurable path to you having some mind-blowing sex and more desire. And if you're ready to take your pleasure to the next level to really become that turned-on woman in all areas of your life, life, then remember that focusing on your sex life is the fastest way to get to that compassionate, loving, and yummy relationship with yourself and with your partner. It brings up all the things that are happening inside of your brain that might even seem unrelated that are holding you back from being more apologetic, more bold, more open, and more connected to your body in a juicy and yummy way. This is the exact thing that I guide you through step-by-step in a proven process in Better Sex in 90 Days, and I encourage you to join right now. You can find the link in the show notes or you can go to daniellesavory.com slash group. Can't wait to talk with you next week. Have a great one. Bye.